The Truth News Network. One man can change the world. It's done every day. Kepler, Copernicus, Ptolemy, Lister, they all change the world. Interesting that these are scientists. And the hallmark of science is skepticism and a relentless pursuit of truth. Starting to see a picture? Good. And here to clarify that picture for you from TNN, the Truth News Network, Dan Newman. The hallmark of science is truth. Well, it's supposed to be. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live, our Thursday edition. And this, as always, I just need to say, is a production of Truth News Network. And you can find pretty much everything we do at www.truthnewsnet.org, including, by the way, each of these daily shows. And you can grab them for free. How do you do that? Well, you go to truthnewsnet.org, click on the main story, the one that pops up every day, And down at the bottom, you'll find a link to that day's TNN Live production. And, of course, it'll go live just minutes after the show is completed at 11 a.m. Central Time. You can click on it, download it, just listen to it from there, whatever you need to do or want to do, and you can do that at any time. And, of course, always, when you're on the road, have no computer access, you've always got your iPhone or whatever phone you use, you can go to Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast, Stitcher. You can also go to iHeartRadio and now tune in. All of those websites have podcasts. And in the search bar, just put in there TNN Live, which is the name of this show. And an index will pop up and the latest show is always up at the top. And those also go live just minutes after the completion of our daily show at 11 a.m. We want you to stay in touch with us. Why? Not because we're that special. It's just because we want you to always have access to the truth of everything going on, the big things, and even the little things. And boy, we've got a mess of all of that to talk about today. Why don't we start with the science? Let's start with the science. I mean, we've been immersed day after day in demands from the scientists, the ones, the arbiters of true science, they have an exclusive. And of course, anything to do with infectious diseases, the guy has always been Dr. Anthony Fauci, right? Well, remember, gosh, I don't even know how long ago it was, maybe two years ago, a year ago, I lose track of time in the middle of all of this. Dr. Fauci is the one that forced us, pretty much forced us all to go to the house for COVID-19. Remember those months when, my gosh, we watched everything. It didn't matter if it was good or bad. If it was on Netflix, we all watched it because we didn't have anything else to do. We couldn't work. We couldn't go to school. We had to stay away from our relatives. You go to the grocery store, and if you happen to not have a mask on or have a mask on correctly, you're pushing a cart down the aisle, and a little old lady turns the corner coming with, her cart, and she sees you, and you see that panic-stricken face as she looks at you and says, oh my God, maybe she doesn't say it, she thinks it though, I'm going to die, they're going to give me COVID. You remember those days, those weeks, those months we spent in that horror show? Anthony Fauci put us there, folks. Anthony Fauci put us there. 
And of course, the purpose was lock down. Stay away from everybody else. Don't infect anybody. Don't get infected by getting in close proximity to anybody that's got COVID-19. We've got to do these lockdowns. If we don't, it's going to be the end of life as we know it. That was a couple of years ago. Well, guess what happens this year? Guess what happened yesterday? COVID lockdowns, we are told now by some real science experts, John Hopkins of all places. COVID lockdowns have done more harm than good. Did you get that? COVID lockdowns, according to the real scientists, have done more harm than good. That's coming from a brand new study out of Johns Hopkins University. Their analysis shows that lockdowns across Europe and the U.S. resulted, it did make a slight drop in coronavirus mortality. 0.2%. That figure researchers deemed substandard when compared to all of the cultural, the economic, the health drawbacks of all of those lockdown measures. Think about what it did to your kids, your babies. They couldn't go to school, and even when we eventually got to go back to school, they were stuck in those masks eight hours a day. In many cases, we've seen example after example of where petrified little babies at school, kindergarten, first and second graders, they were afraid to take their mask off, and some of them never did. And we actually we saw stories where school teachers were taping masks on our babies' faces because, according to the teachers, the babies weren't doing it correctly. The John Hopkins Reports abstract concludes that while lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, they have imposed enormous economic and social cost where they've been adopted. In consequence, lockdown policies we now know, are ill-founded. These costs to society got to be compared to the benefits of lockdown, which our meta-analysis has shown are marginal at best. That's in this report. Such a standard benefit cost calculation leads to one strong conclusion. Lockdown should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument to be used during any pandemic. We find that out two years later. Just got a text that reminded me our lockdown started March 13th of 2020. Almost two years ago. Who can forget? And who can forget this? This report from June 18th of 19, excuse me, 2020. Anthony Fauci the nation's top infectious disease expert, said that lockdowns meant to stem the spread of the coronavirus saved millions of lives. He said that in an interview. Here's what he said. When you give advice about what should you be doing, should you be out there? Should you be shutting down earlier versus later? I mean, people get confused and they say, wow, you know, we shut down and we caused a great disruption in society. We caused great economic pain, loss of jobs. But if you look at the data, Fauci said, now that papers have come out literally two days ago, the fact that we shut down when we did and the rest of the world did has saved 
hundreds of millions of infections and millions of lives, he added. And then he scoffed at anybody that held a different particular opinion. He said this, and yet there are those who say, you shut down, you did destructive things by disrupting the economy. Others say, well, if you saved so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? You could have saved many more lives. And a study published the same week in Nature, it kind of just sidled right up to Dr. Anthony Fauci and um, their study, they say, indicated shutdowns and stay-at-home orders prevented roughly 60 million coronavirus infections in the U.S. How could they possibly know that? How could Fauci possibly have known? And of course, when you hear these false claims, folks, Fauci lied, just bald-faced lied. The real numbers save, if they saved any lives, only 0.2%. If it saved any, that would be the max. Can you believe this, this craziness, the stuff that we bought into? We were scared into it by our government. People that are supposed to lead us through things, lead us through things, not point fingers at us, not lock us down, not threaten us, threaten to throw us into jail. That's a best case scenario, worst case scenario, you're gonna you're gonna die from COVID nineteen. This is just one little bitty thing that turned out to be a really big thing that we were told by everybody at the top of our government. Remember at that particular time, Donald Trump was still in office. And what did he say? What did he do? He didn't say anything or do anything about this. He did what he was told by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. They tagged him him, on him at the beginning of this set. You got to let the experts get up in front of the people and talk to them. You don't know anything about medicine. Get Anthony Fauci in here. So Trump was in the room at the podium and kind of in the back when this tag team, Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci, when they got up in front of the American people every day and telling us what to do, what not to do, what the facts are. Fauci's the one that instigated this. And we're going to find out more and more and more about this, I can promise you. So let's put this in the context of where we are today. It's not just about our pandemic. It's not just about COVID-19. It's not about Alpha, Delta, Omicron. It's not just about any of that. All of that fits into one big thing. And it kind of circles back to this. From this president's own mouth, just a couple of days ago. President Joe Biden said what most of his party believes when he said this, the Constitution is always evolving slightly in terms of additional rights or curtailing rights. That, of course, is a lie. It's a misconception, and it's why Supreme Court confirmations have turned so nasty the last couple of decades. No, 
The whole point of a written constitution is that it doesn't evolve except under some special procedures for amending it that are in the Constitution. The Supreme Court may make new constitutional law in the course of applying it to new situations, but that's the way it's supposed to be, which is why progressives going back to President Woodrow Wilson have always hated the actual Constitution as it limits their agendas. These days, I know you know this, they are eager to pack the high court with judges who will read that agenda into the nation's fundamental law. That's a lot easier than convincing the people's elected representatives to endorse their program. And so they play rank politics with the Supreme Court. They play rank politics with law enforcement, the rule of law. They gin up personal smears against nominees to the court. Remember Clarence Thomas? All the way up to Brett Kavanaugh and then Amy Coney Barrett in a bid to keep these people for political purposes, not because of the law, but because of political purposes to keep them off the court. Why? They don't think like these people. They don't think we can take the Constitution, which is the framework of this government, this nation, has always been since its inception. They don't like it because it puts them in situations where their political agenda gets thrown to the curb by the law. They threaten to delegitimize the Supreme Court itself if it rules the wrong way. And those threats apparently got Chief Justice John Roberts to save the Obamacare law. Remember that? For all their talk of a war on democracy, and we're hearing that term every day. Folks, until just a few weeks ago, Democrats never used the word democracy. But now, every time they get a microphone, ah, There's a war on democracy going on, and it's these Republicans and all of the Trump supporters. Why do they throw that together every time they want to demean people who have different opinions than they do? Talking points. They want to rule the country using talking points. The left today is engaged in a decades-long war on the whole thing, the whole thing is our government. But they are really amped up in their war on the most vital branch of our republic, the justice system, the Constitution, the rule of law, all of that rolled in there. And I think they're just getting started. Think about that. Think about what we're going through. I guess you heard early this morning, big news was that in a special operation in Syria, some of our military members took out an ISIS guy, probably, and we're told this morning it's the top guy at the time. Sketchy details out about it, but um, the one thing that struck me And I want to find, real quickly, I want to find this specific story. Why do I want to do that? Because of what 
Joe Biden said. And he's supposed to talk to the nation this morning, but he's on his way to New York to handle the crime there. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, He doesn't want to handle and doesn't therefore handle crime anywhere, but that's another story. Anyway, I can't find the quote, but I'm going to paraphrase what the president said. Our military took out this guy, the leader, the number one guy in ISIS currently, on my direction. The military took him out on my direction. He actually thinks that you and I believe that he went in that room, that lockdown room with leaders in the Pentagon and his his cabinet members, and they got their heads together in there and gave the president all the facts, and Joe Biden looked at him and said, take him out on my direction. Take him out. Let me tell you what's more likely to have happened. Jill woke him up this morning when she got a phone call, about 6 o'clock which is two or three hours earlier than he gets up normally, woke him up. He was hacked off. And she said, Joe, they just called from the Pentagon. They took out an ISIS guy in Syria today, a really bad guy. And Joe looked at her and said, do you remember where we put my sippy cup last night? I need some warm milk. I know I shouldn't make fun of the president. But I think that explanation is probably more likely than the one that is put out this morning by White House staff, Jen Psaki. That ISIS horrible guy was taken out on Joe Biden's direction. I just don't think that's fact. I really don't. Now... Regarding the 900-pound gorilla in the room, which would happen to be Vladimir Putin and what's happening over there in Russia, about Ukraine, about to be um, invaded by Russia, it's not going to happen this weekend. I promise you. Well, why would you say that, Dan? Because Vladimir Putin is headed to Beijing. Why would he be going to Beijing? Because he and Xi Jinping have become buddies. And those two buddies made it very clear they're both going to be in pretty much everything to do with the Olympics as they get underway. And a kind of an odd thing, the last time Russia invaded Ukraine was back the last time we had Olympics in China. And that invasion by Russia began the opening day of the Olympics in China last time. So Vladimir is probably being very careful not to offend his good buddy by taking all the media oxygen out of a room, whatever room they're in, by invading Ukraine at the very beginning of this Olympics in Beijing. But he can do a lot of bad even if he's not invading Ukraine. Guess what happened yesterday? the flow of natural gas through a key Russian-controlled pipeline suddenly stopped as tensions continue to increase between Russia and not Ukraine, but everybody over here, the West. The Yamal Europe Pipeline's liquefied national gas, that's LNG, the flows in that gas pipeline 
which are operated by Russia's state-run firm Gazprom. They've usually been pumped westward from Russia to Germany through Poland. They were halted. The sudden stoppage reportedly represented a setback after leaders expected the pipeline to return to its normal flow pattern. In December, Gazprom slowed the pipeline's gas flows, which represent 10% of the region's supply. All of northern and northwest Europe gets their gas from Russia. And the company reversed the flow direction from west to east. The sudden reversal sent natural gas prices, which had already spiked amid a European energy crisis, even higher. Gazprom and the Russian government said that the alteration was a commercial decision. Customers would continue to receive their purchased gas. But those geopolitical tensions between Russia and members of the NATO have increased over the last several weeks, potentially putting Europe's energy supply at risk. A disruption in the physical energy supplies transiting Ukraine would clearly, most acutely, affect natural gas markets in Europe. That's a senior Biden administration said, last week as a matter of fact. And so we're engaging our European allies to coordinate our response planning, including talking to them about how they deploy their existing energy stockpiles, which are obviously at significantly low levels this year, because of the reduced Russian supplies over the last several months. January 25th, the White House announced it would help facilitate greater non-Russian natural gas flows into Europe. Those imports would come from North Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and here, the U.S. We are collaborating with governments and market operators on supply of additional natural gas to Europe, from diverse sources across the globe, Biden said in a joint statement with European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen on the 28th of last month. LNG, in the short term, can enhance security of supply while we continue to enable the transition to net zero emissions. Have to throw in the climate uh, climate change talking point. Got to get to net zero emissions. Let me Let me just say this, folks. None of this happened on Trump's watch. That big new pipeline that is still underway, it hasn't been spigoted on yet. The gas isn't flowing through it, but it's going from Russia to Germany and from Germany all across Northern Europe. We told you, Donald Trump told the Russians and NATO members we can't let that pipeline go online. And so they put sanctions not only on just Russia, but on the officers of the company that was building that pipeline. Put sanctions on them, and they had to shut it down. They stopped construction. Of course, the first few days Biden was in the office, in the Oval Office, he took those sanctions off unilaterally. Didn't consult anybody except his climate freaks, John Kerry and the other other folks. And so we said then, watch what happens, what Vladimir Putin's going to do as the winter comes up. He's going to do everything he can to slow down, if not shut down, the flow of natural gas coming out of Russia, going into Germany and elsewhere. That's already, that's already started, folks. 
That's what's happening here. You can't trust a despot. You can't trust a dictator wannabe. That's what the left told us for four years about Donald Trump. He's a dictator. He's an authoritarian. He wants to rule without the three branches, co-equal branches of government. Not one thing he ever did or anything he ever tried spoke to that. There was none of that. He always put the power in the hands of the people's representatives, which basically means into the hands of the people. And he took a bunch of that power away, took it back from the government and gave it back to the people. But they hated that because they did not want Americans to think that he was the guy that was taking us back to that age-old edict. United States government is supposed to be, was established to be government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. We're back to the Obama-Biden era when big government gets bigger and big government seizes more and gets bigger and more powerful because they take that away from the American people. We got our eyes on Vladimir Putin and what's happening over there regarding the gas stuff. And it's going to get ugly for those that live in Northern Europe that are dependent upon this to heat their homes and their businesses. And when the guy who's pretty much got unilateral control of it all, when he gets hacked off at you and he's a despot, he doesn't have to have any further justification to do whatever he wants to do than just that. If he gets hacked off, that's good enough. Let's turn the spigot down or let's turn the spigot off or do even worse what he did. They reverse the flow going through the gas line, the small one that's operating. And it, of course, was going from Russia to Europe. That's east to west. They flipped the direction. They were taking gas out of the pipeline back in Russia. You don't think he's messing with NATO members? He's threatening all kinds of things if they let Ukraine join NATO. He absolutely doesn't want that to happen. You knew he was a rattlesnake when you picked him up. Remember that story? That's who he is. Don't expect him to be anybody different than that. So let's segue right into some more daily news, important items that you're not hearing much from anywhere else. What a difference two years makes. Two years. Can you believe we've been in this pandemic mess for two years now? What a difference two years makes, along with almost $6 trillion in federal money. That's going to make dramatic circumstances no matter where it goes, right? Well, in the spring of 2020, governments across the world and governments across our states here in the U.S. were confronted with cascading cost in managing the public health response to the COVID-19 outbreak. Everything went through the roof cost-wise. Spiking unemployment because people were leaving. Lockdowns, we couldn't go to work. Steep revenue declines resulting from business disruption and restrictions. Much of that was unnecessary, we find out today. Two years later, 
legislatures in 40 states now convened in 2020 sessions, lawmakers, they got more money than they can spend. It comes from federal funding that came directly from Congress approving five COVID assistant packages, pumping at least $5.7 trillion into the U.S. economy, including $900 billion that went directly to state and local governments. That's a lot of money, folks. Washington, D.C.-based Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, they estimate yesterday that as much as $800 billion of that $5.7 trillion remains uncommitted on the table across a bunch of federal, state, local, and public-private agencies, and in state houses, county seats, and city halls. In other words, they got more money than they know what to do with right now. And that is 180 degrees away from where it was in the spring of 2020. During that second quarter, April and June, the U.S. Government Accounting Office reported state and local government revenues declined by $61 billion compared to the same time the previous year. Overall, in 2020, state and local governments reported $117 billion less in revenues than the previous year mostly stemming from the second quarter. And that, of course, is due to COVID-19, the pandemic, and lockdowns. But the economy and state and local government coffers rebounded beginning in July of 2020, largely fueled by the March 2020 adoption of the $2.2 trillion Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. They call it CARES Act. Department of Commerce's Bureau of Economic Analysis reports government revenues in the third quarter of last year were 23% above pre-pandemic levels, thanks to massive federal transfer payments from COVID relief legislation. Other things that boosted government revenues were cited in a January 28th AP analysis. What are they? Inflation, ignited by stimulus, spending, Stimulus spending that leavened sales tax collections, a spike in capital gains tax revenues generated by a strong stock market, federal padding of state unemployment relief, and a pandemic-induced increase in home-based employment. The federal government basically, they borrowed money, shipped it out to towns, cities, states, companies, individuals, and they tell us, oh, we've, we've sat on top of the greatest economic upturn in American history. Look at the money that's going. Look at the spent. Look at this. Look at all of this. Thank me, Joe Biden. I'm the one that did it. But it's all come to a crashing woe. The money is still there. Businesses are dying looking for employees. The numbers just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And they try to keep Joe Biden from the top down, try to keep these rosy pictures painted for us all to make make us feel good about what's going on. When in truth, folks, we're in dire straits financially. Interest rates are fixing to go nuts. Inflation is going nuts. I heard a story this morning from a restaurateur in Tampa, Florida, He's been open for years and years and years, and he was talking about the price increases there. For a case of bacon, 
which obviously this was this morning, you got to have bacon with breakfast, right? For his restaurant, buying a case of bacon, it never got over $29 for a case. Never. He'd never seen it more than that. And it went up and down somewhere between $26 and $28 all the time. He's now paying $70 a case for the same bacon. Why is that? It's inflation. How does inflation come to pass? Well, it starts with there being too much cash in a company or cash in a nation. Demand stays the same, and in some cases, it goes up. But the ability to get what the demand is for goes down. And it costs more to do everything. And so at every level of an economic transfer, I mean, you do the math. From where it begins all the way to the end user, everybody pays a little bit more. This level, a little bit more. When it goes to this distributor, a little bit more. When it goes to this deliverer, a little bit more. When it goes to the restaurant, a little bit more. When the restaurant puts it on a plate, cooks it and put it on a plate, it's a little bit more expensive. Layer after layer after layer of inflation. Every bit of that is on Joe Biden's watch. Every bit of it is on Joe Biden's watch. We got a lot going on, folks. And we really need to stay at attention. There are so many important things out there that we can't lose track of. So when you tune in here every day, we're going to go back and talk about some things that are important. Maybe they've changed a little bit. Maybe they haven't, but they're so important. We need to remember to be careful about this and understand that. And don't listen to what we're being told about this over here because we've proven, us and you have proven, the facts are something other than what they're telling us they are we got to stay on top of all this. We have so much at stake. I can tell you this. This has never been this way in the history of the United States. We are at a very credible spot in U.S. history. we got to get it right. We have to get it right. So in the middle of all of this, Joe Biden took a little hiatus from dealing with the stuff And he's either on his way or he may have already gotten to New York. He's going to New York City to get with the new mayor. And guess what they're going to talk about? Crime. (laughs) No better place to go have a conversation about crime than than in the Big Apple, right? They've really got it going on. And this new mayor, Eric Adams, he's a cop, a lifer. And he was the guy that New Yorkers felt would stop this crazy crime that is just destroying one of the best cities on the planet. I love Manhattan. I love going there. I love to eat there. I love Broadway musicals. I love to people watch. My wife and daughters love to shop there. I love everything about Manhattan. Well, not everything. And this will blow your mind. Some of the best barbecue in the United States is in Manhattan. Virgil's Barbecue. Every time we go, I got to go to Virgil's. It's right off Times Square. I threw that in for free. Manhattan looks nothing like it did 10 years ago. Nothing. There's so much crime. People are scared to death. We have COVID-19. We have defund the police. We have criminals going rampant. 
New Yorkers. They're mad at their government because of the vaccine mandates. They can't go to restaurants. Many of them can't even go to work because they know there's something in these vaccines that isn't good for them. And the people, the experts, the scientists are not telling us the truth about this. It's a bad situation. I got to be honest with you. I think it's really stupid for Joe Biden to go to, to Manhattan and do a public gathering. And it's even more stupid for him to talk about criminality. You know what he's going to he's going to blame? We already know what he's going to say. He's not going there to talk about who commits crimes. He's going to go there and talk about what they use to commit crimes, those evil guns. Oh, we got to get guns off the street. They never talk about taking care of the people that use guns and commit with those guns illegal acts that go all the way from intimidation of a little lady on the street to breaking into an establishment or a home and killing people. What's doing that? It's the guns. It's the guns. I don't know of a single gun that has ever made itself shoot somebody. And on de Blasio's carryover, Eric Adams hadn't changed any of it yet. You got this radical leftist Soros-funded DA up there that he diminished all of the consequences for breaking laws in Manhattan. I mean, there's nothing, and I mean literally nothing on his watch. You can go to go to death in a sentence. First-degree premeditated murder. Uh-uh. You may get life. You may get less than that. You're not going to serve jail time. They quit bail. You get out on your own recognizance, which means they book you. They take you in there. They give you a reappearance date. You got to go back before a judge on this date, and they let you go. And we're seeing case after case after case there where the same offenders are back on the street in hours. They commit the same crimes or even worse crimes. Joe's going to go there and he's going to talk about legal gun owners. <laughs> How we can't do this. We just can't do this. We've got to all. If you're a patriot, you've got to surrender your gun. The only people that will impact are the ones that hold guns, own guns legally. Criminals are never going to turn in their guns. They're never going to stop using their guns. That is the advantage they have over everybody else. And you know what will happen if they ever try to and are even partially successful at getting guns out of the hands of Americans? Crime is going to go through the roof if it already hadn't. Because the criminals will know there will be no pushback when we go there because the government got all the guns. Oh, but they didn't get ours. We buy ours on an open gun market, or we just go steal somebody else's. We have an inept president in office that is listening to people that are so far left, I can't even imagine who they are or how much further left they could go, but they find ways to do it. And he's changing the face of the nation. 
we're sliding a little bit deeper every day. We're going to talk about that. We actually have a member of Congress from North Carolina that went on the floor of the House of Representatives yesterday and basically he excoriated and diminished the President of the United States in about a two-minute speech. But he did it giving facts. You don't want to miss that either. Much, much more ahead. Right in a minute back. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive? Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an Infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. I love going all natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef. Introducing the all-natural burger, the first ever in fast food. With no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you go blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. This is the truth your mama warned you about. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. And Dan Newman. Two little nasty tidbits of facts have just come out in the last five or ten minutes. The first one, let's circle back Jen Psaki's term to Afghanistan and our hasty withdrawal from there. No, it wasn't hasty. It was coordinated. Everybody, the Afghan government, we even had the Taliban involved in it, we were told. And we just did everything we we did. We did it at the right time. And we gave all those Americans in the country, we gave them all kinds of text and emails for months telling them, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. It was all their fault that anybody got left. And it was a couple of dozen people. That's all it was. Well, guess what number just came out? 6,000. 6,000 Americans are still hiding in Afghanistan 
because our government under this president just walked away, left people on the battlefield, not soldiers, left people on the battlefield. Fact, 6,000, just a couple of dozen. Antony Blinken said when he finally admitted there were any left, he said a hundred or so. You want to hear another biggie? This guy, this ISIS guy that we killed on, according to the release that came out of the White House early this morning, on Joe Biden's directive, we now find out the real story. U.S. Special Forces were involved in an action that killed 13 people. Bad guys. Horrible people. ISIS. Well, that 13 included women and children during a counterterrorism raid in northwestern Syria in the early hours of this morning. Four children, two women, and seven men were killed during the two-hour attack, left behind blood-stained walls and scattered body parts. This is coming from our Pentagon. This has left the media speculating as to whether the attack was aimed at al-Qaeda or at ISIS. Well, I thought we knew. Joe told us in his directive that they were after a specific ISIS leader. So news people got together with some civilian eyewitnesses over there. They described helicopters arriving in the region about 1.10 in the morning. And for 45 minutes, a translator advised any women to surrender or leave the area. Reportedly, U.S. troops were met with silence before a firefight between rebels and U.S. forces began upon their landing and dismounting from the aircraft. It's unclear who fired the first shot. Troops were also forced to blow up one of their own helicopters in a controlled explosion during the operation after it experienced a mechanical failure. This would have been to prevent the embarrassment of it falling into terrorist hands as happened when U.S. forces left up to 167 aircraft, including 33 Black Hawk helicopters for the Taliban. Joe Biden gave them an 80 million, 80 billion other bits of military stuff in Afghanistan. Same kind of thing. And they had to blow up a $15 million helicopter because they didn't want it to fall into enemy hands. But the important news is 13 people were killed, including women and children. And the story we got this morning, and it was blasted across every one of the mainstream media outlets. On Joe Biden's directive, special forces took out ISIS leaders, the guy who's at the top. And we're not even sure now he was one of those that went out. Is this not typical Joe Biden stuff? Very seldom is the report that's given to us anything even reasonably close to the facts. We find out later, not only was it nothing like we were told, it's usually just the opposite. And the other entity that's really implicated in this 
is our Pentagon, our leaders in the Pentagon, our Secretary of Defense. Afghanistan happened on his watch. He was the guy in charge. Of course, he answers to one guy. That's Joe Biden, whoever's president of the United States at the time. He was the guy along with Joe that handled that withdrawal from Afghanistan who left 6,000 Americans. 13 were killed the day that we were leaving. We don't know how many Afghani people were killed and are still being killed because of what the Taliban is doing over there. That was the most unbelievable, stupid process of withdrawing from any kind of nation that has ever happened in U.S. history. And it happened on Joe Biden's watch. Very similarly, back in the Iraq War, the second one, remember that? Who was, who was in charge of the government at that time when we withdrew? Barack Obama was president, but he turned that operation over to and the responsibility totally for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the one that orchestrated and pulled us out of Iraq the first time. Do you remember what happened when we left? ISIS had been created, and they started slaughtering people all across Iraq. We had to go back in. The military had to go back in. Our current Secretary of Defense was the head of CENTCOM at that particular time, the military entity that, with Joe Biden, coordinated that horrible and stupid withdrawal from Iraq the first time. The same people are at the top of this government, and they're doing the same thing over and over. Americans are dying. Innocent civilians are dying because of botched military actions that are taken by an inept president and an inept secretary of defense. You know, it's this passel of leaders over our military that are kicking thousands of our military members that joined the military voluntarily, trained, and are there to do anything and everything that they're called on to do in the way of military actions. And because they, for religious reasons, don't want to take a vaccine, they're kicking them out, not letting them be active if they're letting them stay in. They just seclude them over. They literally are putting people that are in the military that haven't been kicked out yet. If you don't want to get vaxxed, They don't even let you integrate with anybody. You stay to yourself in the back of the room. And that's that's just an an example. That's not literally the way it's happening. Meanwhile, we're on the brink of war with Russia. And look what they're doing to our military. Our readiness is gone. Our trust in military leadership is gone. We're expecting these people to go over there and volunteer to give their lives to keep America's objectives safe, keep the people we're over there helping, keeping them safe. And our political leaders in D.C. hate these people just because they disagree with the so-called medical experts 
that orchestrated and made all of us in the United States to be locked down because it was the only way it was going to save our lives. And we find out two years later by a real medical operation, John Hopkins, an analysis that they did, it did not help us at all. In fact, it hurt us, those egregious lockdowns. We will be experiencing the results, the bad results of that among our generational people. I'm talking about our teens and now our babies and what it's doing and has done to them emotionally and mentally. Not even, don't even mention the dollars and cents, the trillions of dollars in lost revenue and higher prices at the hands of this administration because of their botched operations and reasons for doing everything. Follow the science. Follow the science. you got to mask up. When 47 studies that were published on the CDC website said masks don't work against these viruses or any other virus. That's the science, but they don't even listen to the science when they tell us and try to make us listen to the science. We listen to the science. It says it's different from what they're telling us. Don't dare question them. Don't you dare. You become a conspiracy theorist. You're marked. They want to cancel you. They want to kick you out of your job, shut you down. This is like the playground in third grade in elementary school when you had the popular kids that were out there telling everybody what to do and why to do it. And it didn't matter if what they were telling us was right or wrong or good or bad, just because they had been labeled as the popular ones, anything they said went. We're living in our government the same kind of life set as I couldn't wait to grow up and get away from it when I moved from elementary school to middle school. God forbid that you're not part of the elites of whatever group it is that you're a member of. Oh my gosh, Marsha doesn't like me. Wah, wah, wah. There's a big difference in this one, folks. It's called life and death. Life and death. So Joe is either on his way or he's in Manhattan and he's going to speak to people there and it's all about crime and criminality. We told you about that. Well, there's something else afoot. This morning on Fox Business, they talked about it. All right, we want to turn to something very serious to all of us, America's crime crisis. President Biden traveling to New York City today to discuss a surge in gun violence with uh, Mayor Eric Adams. It comes hours after the funeral of New York City police detective Wilbert Mora. Our condolences to Officer Mora and his family. Both he and his partner, Officer Jason Rivera, were shot and killed in the line of duty two weeks ago. Mora's sister delivering his eulogy at St. Patrick's Cathedral yesterday, demanding officials start taking action. How many Wilberts? How many Jasons? How many more officers have to lose their lives before this system changes? The NYPD protects us, but who protects them and who looks after their lives? So heartbreaking to see this again. Joining me right now is retired NYPD Lieutenant, Pace University law enforcement professor, Darren Porcher. And Lieutenant, thanks for being here this morning. Can you imagine this war on police has apparently started up again 
six shootings in New York year to date. Your reaction? I think this is a troubling trend and we need to do something about it. We need to interdict it immediately. When we speak in the wake of Joe Biden coming to the city of New York and having a meeting with the governor and the mayor in connection with gun crimes, I think that this is more of a distraction because what you're going to hear is the introduction of gun control laws. But we have the toughest gun control laws on the books in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. However, the common denominator is we have district attorneys that are not willing to uphold the rule of law. You have to enforce the laws on the books. Don't focus on gun control. Uh, Joe Biden is running around with his hair on fire in the wake of the up-and-coming midterm elections, and he's looking to get information out there as if he's standing towards public safety. But that's not the case. The, our fallen comrades in the NYPD are prime examples of the crime control strategies not working. Well, I mean, so many of us have been a victim of all of this. And, you know, it, it is a typical strategy of politicians to muddy up the situation and muddy up the real point of it all. Now they're talking about gun violence so that they could jam in more policy that they want instituted rather than taking a look at what you just said, that they are breaking the law, blowing off the law with this bail reform, having people who committed crimes come in, get processed, and then they're back out on the street in a few hours. I mean, violence against police officers surging again. 33 officers have been shot in the line of duty this year alone, when you look across the country. That is up 83 percent, Darren, from a year ago. Why this reaction to cops? Well, you, you, you look at the district attorneys, in essence, what they're operating is a catch and release stream, as you may mention to bail reform. The district attorneys need to work in tandem with law enforcement to ensure that these criminals that are arrested are maintained in custody. If you don't have that agenda in play, you're going to have this meteoric rise in crime, as we see happening, not just in New York, but on a national level. We need both entities to be on the same track, that being police officers and district attorneys. And one thing that the federal government can do is I believe the attorney general, Merrick Garland, can provide a level of oversight over these progressive left district attorneys that are not upholding the rule of law. And that's where I think Joe Biden can be an effective uh, asset to police departments throughout the country. But I genuinely don't believe that that's what's going to occur. Well, look, a good op-ed this morning in the New York Post from Miranda Devine asking how many officers must lose their lives so that the system changes? How many more lives of those who, who, who protect us will be taken by violence and crime? Uh, from the funeral yesterday, the White House is now reportedly working on an executive order on police reform. Fox News reporting that it will address the, quote, legacy of systematic racism in policing create a national conduct uh, misconduct database. So they want to have a national officer database of misconduct, reform police body cam policies, and ban chokeholds and no-knock warrants, Darren. Nothing on this list addresses bail reform. Nothing on this list addresses these progressive DAs that are allowing criminals back on the street to commit more crimes. 
I wholeheartedly believe that quintessential policing is the essence of law enforcement. So if we have an officer that's committing to wrongdoing and we can develop a database to ensure that these officers are not hired at another department, I'm all for it. But at the same token, the obligation is to employ greater tools greater resources to law enforcement to ensure public safety is upheld. We don't see anything coming from the, the federal government that supports that. So based on what I just mentioned, we see this rise in crime and we need those additional tools afforded to law enforcement so they can obtain precipitous drops in crime. Well, how about first an acknowledgement of the fact that these Democrats created this problem? I mean, here's Joe Biden going to New York today with a list of how he wants to reform the police. Well, what about looking over the last year when him and his colleagues on the left were talking about reimagining the police, uh, defunding the police? Kamala Harris said it so many times, we need to reimagine the police. Shouldn't we have some kind of acknowledgement from these people that they were wrong, that, in fact, that was the wrong head? policy to pursue? Maria, when you look at a lot of the past elections, you saw the platform of defund police, which hurt the Democrats. And that should be a harbinger for Democrats to state that, hey, look, you know what? This is not what the population works. Believe it or not, it's the African-American communities, I want to say the communities of color, that are the recipients of the greatest detriment in connection with this defund police movement. We have elected officials yeah. such as Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Cortez that are at the forefront of this defund police movement, but it's clearly not something that works for us as a society as a whole. Yeah, the other day, Jen Psaki said, soft on crime, what does that even mean? Maybe she knows what it means now after seeing these funerals in New York. Karen, thanks very much for weighing in this morning. We so appreciate your time. This just further illustrates the insanity. It literally is insanity, folks, that's permeating the leaders that lead this nation in every area. I mean, the cornerstones of the United States of America, freedom and justice for everybody. Innocent until proven guilty. Equality for everybody that is not given to us by our government, but endowed to us by our creator. All of those things were the corner post of the foundation of what has been for 260 years the greatest country in world history from top to bottom. Every section of it. Yeah, there are inequities. There are problems. There's wrongdoing, there's criminality, there's evil. But in this four-corner operation, our forefathers were smart enough to put the process within it to handle all of these problems that come up. And it's not supposed to be that the government is the sole arbiter of handling everything. There's no way that can happen. Our country is too big. There are too many people here. Our forefathers knew back then. They didn't know that we were going to have 330-something million people living here. They didn't know that we were going to have 50 states across the entire, our part of North America. They didn't know that, but they envisioned that as a possibility. And even more important than their vision that said that, that it might get that big, they put in place way back then the process that 
It didn't matter how big we ever grew, how many states we ever had. As long as you adhere to this framework, these fundamentals, let it grow. Get more people here. Get more involvement here. Get more diversity. Bring people in from countries all around the world. Do it in a process that's legal, that everybody agrees to when they come. They're going to abide by the laws that are created in the Constitution that were put in place. And when there were changes necessary, there have been amendments, 26 of them. That whole process works, but you have wannabe authoritarians like this president, Joe Biden, that feel like they're above the rule of law. They know better what's better for the American people. They tell us that, folks, but it says something different in the things that they do. And the people, the very people that the Constitution set out would be the ruling remnant that would make the decisions for the government and how we operated, the people, we the people, through our representatives that we send to sit in chairs in this chamber called the United States Congress, look at, read, debate, discuss, find those things that are good for the majority of the United States and its people, put those in place, change them if and when they don't work good, It's a process that every other country on the planet is jealous that we have. This government, led by this president, want all of that to be taken away and changed. Not because it's what the people want. Oh, they get up and pontificate and tell us, well, we talk to this group and that group. You know, the ones that wrote us the big checks for our campaigns, that give us these real nice vacations, those people, and they want it, so we think, well, we'll just do that. There's no justification for it, none whatsoever, and it's got to stop. We the people have got to stop it. And novel idea, there's a way to stop it, and it's in the U.S. Constitution. Wow, much more ahead. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan spin-free news from the world. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle... Snuggle... I am so out of here. Wait. Come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. Hello. Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the instructions say that. What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolutely... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Huh? Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. <laughs> Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to getsomenuts.tv for more... Taking the time to speak the truth, no matter the cost. Dan Newman. 
TNN, the Truth News Network. You know, sometimes I get a little animated. And I got to be honest with you. I love this nation. I love the fact that I had great-great-grandparents that immigrated here from Northern Europe, kind of like those that came here back in the 1600s. And they came here to make a new life, and they embraced what they saw when they got here, and they wanted to be a part of it, and they did everything that was necessary legally to become a part of it, and they did. In World War II, I had relatives fighting on both sides of that war in Europe. Our family last name used to be Neumann, N-E-U-M-A-N-N. Our great-great-great-grandparents came here and they changed it to Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. Why? Because they spurned that totalitarian lifestyle over there and they wanted the freedom that this new nation, the new world at that time, that's what they called it. And they paid the price. It wasn't easy. They got over here and they didn't get given a lot of stuff, certainly very little by our government, other than opportunity. There were no guarantees of financial success, educational success, material success. But what they got when they got here was an ability and the permission to become all they were willing to make themselves become using the opportunities not using government handouts. Where's that mentality? (laughs) I haven't seen it. Every once in a while I see it in some people and it pops up, but it is rare. Oh my gosh, it is rare. And big government, they see that in the people. And what they do is they take it and they ramp it up. They use it. They get it hotter. Get people madder, more angry, It's not fair. Somebody owes me something and you've got to make them give it to me. That's the mentality that we're seeing coming out of this younger generation. And the example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad. Nothing's fair to them. Anything that's out there, it's not fair because somebody else that looks differently, that talks differently, they don't have the same things that somebody else has. And therefore, what do we do about it? We've got to do away with this equality thing, you know, this endowed by the creator with equality for everybody. We got to do with that. We do away with that. That doesn't work. That doesn't make it fair. Why? Well, we don't just want the chance to go become equal with everybody else in all of the areas that we want to pursue, that's not good enough. We want the government to give it to us. And where are they going to get it from? they got to get it from somebody else that has it. That's not. That's not government of, by, and for the people, is it? And some of the elites, you just can't believe they think what they are saying and spouting. You're not going to believe this. You know who Susan Sarandon is. She's an actress, very famous Hollywood actress. She's been around for a long time. And she, obviously, based upon what you're about to hear, she drinks at the trough of elitism. She's getting a lot of flack for something she tweeted out on Tuesday. It was a tweet that appeared to compare the funerals of those two fallen New York City police officers to a show of 
a display of fascism. Here's what the tweet said. So, if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day in Manhattan, doesn't that mean they aren't needed on any day? And she tweeted something else. It said, I'm going to tell my kids this is what fascism looks like. And in the tweet was an image of the funeral procession of Officer Jason Rivera, a 22-year-old New York City police officer who was shot dead when he responded to a domestic violence call in Harlem. Rivera's partner, 27-year-old Wilbert Mora, was also shot at the scene, and he died of his injuries last Tuesday. Sarenton added, So, if all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they're not needed on any day? She's a prominent left-wing activist in Hollywood. I probably don't need to tell you that. She's been critical of policing in the past, tweeting shame on you at former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio in 2020 after he commended the NYPD for their tremendous restraint overall during the protests following the police-involved death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Susan's Sarandon. I've liked her in many roles she's played, but it's, it's going to be hard for me. I knew she was a leftist, but I didn't know how ugly and mean she is, she is. But see, this is what has been allowed and been taught and been approved and been reconciled over not just a, a year or two or a few years, not just decades, but over a couple of centuries. We've allowed all of this because we make these people heroes. And because of that, they think because they're getting accolades from a segment of society that they can say nothing wrong. They can do nothing wrong. And so they just get tougher, more ridiculous. And anyone who disagrees with them, they can't demean them based upon substance. The only way they can do it is just to go after and diminish them with things they say that have nothing to do with the facts of who these people are. And they don't care. Susan Sarandon, she doesn't care what I think. She probably doesn't care what you think. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. She doesn't have to because when she does a movie, she's going to get 10 million, 10 million bucks. Do a movie a year, that's a pretty good income. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, there's one young lawmaker, brand new lawmaker from the state of North Carolina. He's in the U.S. Congress, Cawthorn, former military guy. And when he speaks, everybody listens to him and he gets attention when he goes to the microphone in the house chamber. Why? Because he's in a wheelchair. Why is he in a wheelchair? He's one of those young people who proudly joined our military, to go to the front and fight for the cause of freedom and justice for all. And he paid the price with his ability to walk. He's got a lot to say about this president. You may want to turn your sound down just a little bit because he gets a little animated on the floor of the House yesterday. Madam Speaker, the sons and daughters of America are not foot soldiers for your party's inept geriatric despot. They are not expendable pawns to be dispatched at the whims of an idiot. 
tossed carelessly around the world to godforsaken caves and bloody sandboxes. They are Americans, worthy of honor, worthy of honor and dignity. The only salute from them Joe Biden deserves involves one finger. American blood is not the currency of the world. It cannot be borrowed, exchanged, or lent to any man or any nation. Its worth is immeasurable. American patriots in uniform all signed a blank check to their nation. And already under this administration in Afghanistan, Joe Biden cashed it for 13 patriots through his reckless incompetence. The path to American national security does not lie in American international interventionism. It lies in securing our southern border, not the Russia-Ukraine border. Our greatness is forged in our resistance to interference. The war lobby has no ally in the America First Republicans. We will preserve our strength through nationalism. We will champion America first today and America first forever. We earned our greatness. Let others earn theirs. And if Joe Biden hasn't prostituted our preeminence to the military industrial complex by the time Donald Trump returns, we will preserve this great city on a hill for the descendants of our grandchildren. He represents a generation that is behind my generation, but a generation that still understands the rule of law, leadership, respect, honor. You don't get respect and you don't get honor just because you hold the position or have a title. And you certainly don't get it because you think, just because you think you're supposed to get it. It all has to be earned. Joe Biden, any previous president, Donald Trump, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Bush 41, Ronald Reagan, nobody gets honor, nobody gets respect just because they moved into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue for four years. That's not the way it works. You get all of that stuff because you earn it. How do you earn it? Folks, when Donald Trump came into office, a lot of people that hadn't been around a long time were either not cognizant of what happened during the 80s. Maybe they were too young. Maybe they hadn't been born yet. But Donald Trump was treated when he came to D.C. almost the exact same way as Ronald Reagan was treated when he came there. He was an actor. He was a Hollywood cowboy. And of course, he served as governor of California before he went into national politics, and he did a great job out there. But even in California, when he was governor, they laughed at him. They derided him. And yet, when he got things done, he didn't get the respect from those people. He didn't get the honor from those people, but they sure reveled in all of the good things that he put in place. Kind of like what happened in Donald Trump's four years as president, right? They laughed at him. They called him ugly names. They lied about him. They attacked him. They went after him. They still to this day want to put him in jail. And what did he do? He created the safest United States of America that we'd had in a long time. He created the best economy under the policies that gave power and the ability to run an economy to the people, to employers and employees, industrial giants and little mom-and-pop operations, and government revenue, even with massive tax cuts to individuals and companies, our government tax revenue, with all of those tax cuts that his opponent said when he put them out there, you're going to destroy the government. We can't operate the government on the revenue that's going to come in because you gave it all back to citizens. 
our revenue at the government level went to epic heights, far higher than ever had happened before in history. Why is that? Government of, by, and for the people, the framework, the rule of law has got to be in place. Joe Biden giving a speech, talking and meeting with Eric Adams, the new hard left mayor of New York City like they needed another one. That's not going to change one thing. Throwing money, he's going to announce a $500 million stipend for law enforcement. Throw money at it. If it's a problem, just put more money in it. That's going to fix everything. It didn't fix our pandemic. It didn't fix our supply chain problems. It didn't fix the problems that American people are having. People are still dying from COVID because of what we listen to coming from our government. People are still getting sick. Companies are still going out of work. And everything costs more. It's because of the lack of leadership in our leaders. Boy, Representative Cawthorn, he sure has some chutzpah, doesn't he? The only salute this president deserves is the middle finger? I couldn't have said it better. Josh Hawley, you know who he is. For starters, he's got a great voice. He should be a broadcaster if he wants to in his next life. He's qualified. But he's a great U.S. senator from the state of Missouri. Wednesday's hearing on Afghanistan in the Senate. He calls it a clown show. You know why? Because they had it behind closed doors, classified. They wouldn't let anybody listen in. I bet you didn't even know about it. The fact that this hearing is happening behind closed doors is absolutely outrageous, he told reporters. It's a total travesty, and it's for one reason only. They don't want to have any accountability. They don't want to answer questions in public. This is a joke. What's happening today is a clown show, and it's meant to be a clown show. The Biden withdrawal from Afghanistan was marked by chaos, horrors, as the Taliban took over the country in a matter of days. I'll never forget watching one of our Black Hawk helicopters, you know, the ones that this president left there for the Taliban to use against us? flying over one city, downtown, one city, flying at about 400 feet, and dangling on a rope, hanging out of that helicopter, was an Afghani member of the military that the Taliban wanted to kill. No trial. Don't have any idea who he was or what he did. They hung him by his neck and flew him over the city, flew him around till he died, dangling at the end of that rope. It was a message that they were sending to the Afghani people right after the United States on Joe Biden's directive. Ran, tails tucked, left 6,000 Americans there behind enemy lines, lied about leaving anybody there. Then when they finally admitted it, they talked about it being a little bitty number. And, of course, that number, it began to change when we began to find out more and more people are left there. Not only does this government, the Biden administration, not only do they do a lot of bad stuff, they try to hide it. They don't want to get caught, and they lie about it. And then they tell another lie to cover up the first lie. 
uh, folks, my dad taught my brother and I how to make sure we didn't ever get caught in that vicious circle when we were kids. I'll never forget him saying, and he was a pastor, I'll never forget him saying, when you tell a lie, you're always going to have to tell another lie to cover up the first lie. And you'll eventually get caught because you'll forget which lie you told to which person. And when they come back around, you can't remember what you told them when you lied to them, but you know you lied to them. This illustrates this presidential administration to a T. (laughs) The truth is nowhere to be found. And it gets even deeper. You know this nutty Capitol January 6th committee to investigate and find out and take everybody Take them and put them in jail, everybody that was there, because they were these evil Trumpsters. When many of them we're finding out were plants that Nancy Pelosi, who refuses to testify before this committee, the one that she put together and that she runs, she doesn't want to go there because they're going to ask her, why didn't the National Guard come to Washington, D.C.? Why, when they called and offered to come, did they get told that you said no, Speaker Pelosi? They don't want to answer the questions. We found out overnight, Judicial Watch is challenging an attempt by the Capitol Police. Listen to what they're trying to do. They want to block Judicial Watch's federal lawsuit to get access to videos and emails that are related to the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, what's going on there? Well, Congress, through the police department, they're arguing that the videos of what happened that day, many of which we've seen splattered across the news world for a year now, those videos and emails being sought are not matters of public record, and therefore there is no public interest in their being released to the public. Furthermore, the body is claiming Congress that sovereign immunity prevents citizens from suing for their release. The suit was filed by Judicial Watch under the common law right of access after the Capitol Police refused to provide the records in response to the group's initial request dating all the way back to January a year ago. The initial request for, was for emails between the Capitol Police executive team and the Capitol Police Board that pertain to the security of the Capitol complex on that day, January 6, 2021, and emails among the Capitol Police, the FBI, the Justice Department, and Homeland Security. Isn't that something that I think the people have a right to know about? So why are they why are they hiding it, folks? The story goes on and on. It just gets deeper and deeper. It'll just hack you off worse. We're not going to go into it anymore. We'll stop right there. But why are they trying to hide it? Well, you and I both know what it is. And they know we know what it is. They don't want to get caught. They don't want the facts to get out there. They want to bury it and cover it up. And the bottom line, the thing that stinks so bad is guess what? They know they can hide it. And they know that we know they can hide it. And they don't care. We live in a world where not only are those in leadership in our nation doing bad things, evil things, 
they know they have the ability because their evil is so widespread and involves so many people and there are so many layers of corruption, they know that all of those people are a big part of those people that could be part of the process of transparency are not going to do it because they have something on them that they don't want to be exposed. We're being led by a government that is full, permeated by that mentality. And they're leading, folks, the greatest and most powerful and most economically successful company. It's a country, but it operates as a company, supposedly, on the planet. And they go after everybody in every industry, private, public, doesn't matter. Little taxpayers living out in the Netherlands, out in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't matter. If they want you, they'll come get you. And if they don't like what you're doing, they'll stop it. They'll stop you from doing it. Why? Because they can't. You heard from Representative Cawthorn. He blasted. Joe Biden. I mean, that was that was really, I'll never forget that middle finger suggestion he made. The only salute Joe Biden should be getting and will be getting from anybody in the military is the middle finger. That says a lot about how people feel about this president. And when we get these approval ratings, we haven't talked about the current approval ratings for Joe lately. Let's take a quick look at them. Anytime you want to get them, you can go to Real Clear Politics. And on their website in the top left corner, there's a drop-down menu for polls. And when you do that, we have the latest polls, the Biden job approval polls, and it's a compilation. So let's click on Biden's job approval effective today. Rasmussen, and I'm just going to start from the top. Rasmussen reports from a survey taken January 31st through February 2nd, 41% approved, 57 disapproved. Economist YouGov, same time period, 45 approved, 49 disapproved. Politico, 43 approved, 54 disapproved. Reuters, 45 approved, 50 disapproved. Monmouth, 38 approved, 55 disapproved. Insider Advantage, 40 approve, 59 disapprove. Harvard Harris, 39 approve, 53 disapprove. All of that, the reason I wanted to give them to you is I will guarantee you those numbers are wrong because they are going to be skewed to make it better than it really is. I will bet you at some point we are going to learn The approval ratings for this president are in the 20s, maybe even approaching the teens. And they're only going to get worse. God forbid that he continues to go down the road, the path that he's walking right now, for three more years. O-M-G. And isn't it interesting when those of us that we're kind of level-headed, you know what I mean? We look at what's around us. And then we can factually make decisions about what and who and why. And we actually speak up about it. And then the pushback we get is just out the wazoo. Do you, you can't imagine how much hate 
emails that I get at this website, truthnewsnet.org. It's, I mean, I laughed my butt off. I get mad. I've responded to several of them offline. Uh, just so you know it, if you want to make a comment on any story or anything about truthnewsnet.org, you can do it at the website. There's a place to comment. Feel free to do so. But they have to be approved before they're published on our website. Why is that? You want to... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> It's not to hide or cover up anything. I don't care what people think about me. Well, I do, and I'm not talking on a blanket level. I'm just saying, if you disagree with me, tell me that you disagree with me. But give me factual information that gives you a basis to disagree with me. Other than the fact that I'm fat, I'm bald, I wear an earring, (laughs) and you don't like my politics. Give me a reason. I, I, I spend hours every day finding facts, finding truths. If I'm wrong, I want to know about it. Tell me why I'm wrong, and I'll correct it. One of these things that has blistered me for two years is Black Lives Matter and how divided Black Lives Matter has made the United States of America. It's as if we didn't know before BLM came into existence that black lives really matter. I mean, let's go back to the beginning of this whole thing. Do you know that in the Civil War, which they said it was because a bunch of Republicans wanted to keep slaves, and we went to war against the North because these evil Southerners wanted to keep their slaves? (laughs) Folks, do you know how many people died in the Civil War? Do you know that 300,000 white guys died in their efforts to free slaves, 300,000. Most of those were people from the South. Oh, we didn't even know that. We thought everybody that fought in the Civil War from the South, they were fighting to keep slaves. There were less than 150 people that actually owned large numbers of slaves back then. Bet you didn't know that either. Nobody ever talks about 300 white guys died trying to get rid of slavery. Nobody talks about the fact that the Democrat Party in the South, they were the slave owners. They were the ones that owned the big plantations and owned hundreds of slaves. They didn't try to hide it. They started the Ku Klux Klan. When the civil rights marches were happening in the 60s and the Civil Rights Act was passed in Congress, African-American people have been told for generations now that the Democrats were the champions. A Republican, the first Republican in the White House, he went to war to free the slaves, Abraham Lincoln. Nobody talks about that. African-Americans wanted the right to vote. They should have the right to vote. They are created equal, just like the rest of us. They tried for years to get the right to vote. When they got the right to vote, who got it for them in Congress? It wasn't Democrats. African-Americans wanted to join our military. In the 50s, they couldn't join the military. You know who got on the right to be a member in the military? A white president former General Dwight Eisenhower. 
And the list and the actions go on and on. We, we, we're not going to go down that street. Division never gets anything accomplished. It never does. BLM, all they've done is create division. And of course, now it's coming out every day. They've abused having lots of money. They would, let me give you a, a, an example. In my town, in the subdivision, the community, the, the community is not gated, but it's a planned community in which we live. At the front of it, there are three really nice restaurants. And one of them does, on Saturdays and Sundays, does a great brunch. And this, this, this place, this part of Shreveport, Louisiana, in which we live, it's kind of expensive. It, I would think if, if I said that to somebody that lived in Manhattan, they'd laugh at me, justifiably. But in the, in, in the scheme of things in restaurant prices around us, it's, they're pretty expensive. But during this Sunday brunch, Saturday brunch, the prices are very, very realistic. My son's an executive chef. First time he ate Sunday brunch with us there, he got a waffle and bacon and his wife got pancakes. Now, he is a very, very opinionated executive chef, and he's really good at what he does. He told, he couldn't believe it. He said, it's the best waffle. These are the best pancakes I've ever had. The batter's homemade. The bacon. I mean, you can really, it's, it's hard to, but you can screw up cooking bacon. He just couldn't believe it. My wife and I can eat Sunday brunch there and eat really good, and the bill is less than $25 for the two of us, including a tip. I brought this out to tell you this. When these restaurants opened, they were all visited by Black Lives Matter leadership. And they were threatened. And all but this one restaurant put the sign, the Black Lives Matter sign on the front door saying that they supported Black Lives Matter. And so what BLM told them all is if you don't support us, we're going to picket you and we're going to put the word out about around town and we're going to kill your business. And so guess what happens at this, um, at this brunch? On really on Sunday, primarily, the place is full of African American people eating. Many of them nice, and I never knew this happened, the reasoning for this, and I thought it was kind of cool. A bunch of African American people come and have dinner here on Sunday, and it I thought was because of the prices. They're low, and this is a great way for them to get together and bring a family and have a nice lunch, brunch and not have to play, uh, pay an arm and a leg. I mean, I feel that way. I'm glad I don't have to pay an arm and a leg when I go there. I thought it had nothing to do with skin color. Guess what we found out? BLM put the word out. These African-Americans that go there, not all of them, but most of them, they won't leave a tip. So what they do is they go in and they order these big, big meals. They get big, big meals. And the ticket may be 50, 60, 70, 80, even $100 for a group of people. They don't tip the waiter. And you can imagine the kind of extra work these wait people have to do to take care of all that. So guess what happened? The restaurant on Saturday and Sunday, they include an 18% expense added. It's because of COVID. That's the only way they can get their help taken care of. What's the reasoning and all that? It has nothing to do with fairness and equality. These people can eat there and always have been able to eat there, and they do. 
I live in a in a in a town in Shreveport, Louisiana, where it's it's its principle, its majority is African American. Just because we live in the South doesn't mean we're racist. That's that's a perspective that has been painted by Democrats and in large part African Americans have believed it. But more and more African American people are awakening to this fact, that that's not fact. There's just as much evil among Democrats, maybe more, but it's much more demonstrative. It's expressed more loudly. And don't you dare disagree with them. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Representative Jim Jordan out of Ohio, I'm trying to get him on the show. He's, he's a great guy. And he's great in my mind because he's not only a truther, he believes in the truth and he speaks the truth, but he does it in a manner that is in your face. I love that about Jim Jordan. Knowing the truth is one thing. Letting other people know about the truth that you know is something totally different and very, very important. That story's next, and you're going to hear from Florida's newest representative, an African-American guy, Byron Donalds, and he's going to talk about specifically the stupidity of the left regarding our energy policies. Those are up next. Boy, it's been a busy day. It seems like Friday to me, but we got another day, day in the week comes up tomorrow. Byron Donald, Jim Jordan, up next at TNN. It's a lot to take in, but when you need a refresher, it's all here. 24-7, 365. Every podcast, every blog. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. What is Coca-Cola? Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships. Like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive, yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. Uh, back from when music was good. Remember this song, Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid was a friend of mine. I like I like that sound. Hey, Jim Jordan, back in the news today. He was on Breitbart News Daily on the podcast yesterday, and he got after it. Jordan said that Joe Biden's deliberate 
and intentional facilitation of illegal immigration across our southern border by millions of foreigners may lead to impeachment if Republicans win majorities in Congress. He said, when you intentionally allow two million people in one year's time to come across your border, there's no other way you can interpret this other than it's deliberate, it's intentional. He said impeaching the president is something that our conference is going to have to look at closely and make a decision on, but it'll be a conference-wide decision if Republicans secure a majority in the House. It's so big and it's so deliberate, Jordan said, of the status quo of illegals across the U.S.-Mexico border. It's intentional. The idea they're doing it in the dark of the night so that the country doesn't fully know and see what's going on, that proves it's wrong. And it proves it's deliberate. What they're doing, they're doing purposefully and they know it's wrong, so they're hiding it. He warned of the Biden administration's development of and advocacy for a federal database of firearm ownership records, reminding us the story we talked about yesterday. The ATF is keeping this registry of hundreds of millions of gun purchases over the last 20-some years. He said a gun registry is being built with records of law-abiding Americans who purchase a firearm. And he added, those records are now being kept in what has to be, by any definition, a gun registry that the Biden administration is putting together. He said the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, JCPA, pending legislation in the House and Senate would facilitate further political coordination between technology and news media companies. Why? To marginalize dissident information sources. In other words, shut down those that are exercising free speech in the First Amendment. So in in one little diatribe there, Jordan brings up the Biden folks are after doing away with our rights guaranteed under the First Amendment doing away with the rights that are guaranteed to us under the Second Amendment. Yeah, he's a great leader, is Joe Biden. He doesn't believe in the rule of law, and he believes if you break the felony law or suborn the breaking of felony law, like immigration laws, it's okay. You're doing it for the common good. Who determines what the common good is? Well, constitutionally, you and I are part of that thought process and determination. Not in Joe Biden's world, it's the government. It's the authoritarian who lives at the top of the heap. I live in the White House. I'm the authoritarian ruler. He would never admit to it, but that's exactly what he's doing. And all these things, these executive orders, these rules, all these bills they're trying to get passed, it's all rooted in that. And if you disagree, they make fun of you, they laugh at you, they diminish and try to cancel you. And of course, everything to do with COVID-19 and how to handle it, vaccines, vaccine mandates, shutdowns, getting people fired because they refuse for whatever their personal reasons are to not be vaccinated, and testing and lockdowns. I mean, the whole thing is just a total fiasco. The latest, I guess, for the White House is this testing thing. We didn't have any tests. Oh, we've got 500 million on the way. We've ordered them. We've ordered them. 
Yesterday, they defended their spending over a billion dollars in our money to purchase some tests. And then we find out only after they start shipping them out, guess where they're buying the tests from? China. Jen Psaki said during yesterday's daily briefing, demand for tests was too great to prevent setting up government contracts with China to acquire them. We also needed to meet a need that we had in this country for more tests and a shortage in tests. And the understandable demand from people across the country to get tests and make them free and accessible required us purchasing some of those tests from China to meet the demand. Novel idea. If we'd have just followed along with what Donald Trump put in place, a lot of that business would already be back from China here. No, 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 no. Joe Biden closed the door. He shut down all of those business enterprise, those good policies that had been changed, that came out, the horrible policies came out of the Biden and Obama administration. He changed a bunch of those and he brought all this business, all this money, all these jobs back from overseas, principally Southeast Asia, and all the money that these American companies that had opened these subsidiaries over there because of the horrible taxing that was happening here in the United States. Tens of billions of those dollars came back with those companies and were here until Joe sent them packing, doing a favor for his friend, Xi Jinping, the leader of the Communist Party of China and the president of China. So how can we uh, further that relationship between our two government leaders? Well, let's just buy our test manufactured and created in China, who we know had a big hand in coronavirus. Nobody's calling that to our attention. Nobody's holding Joe Biden responsible for any of this. He's out on the campaign trail already. I guess you can do pretty much everything he does. You can call it campaigning. He's touting his past support for an organization that he calls the Biden Cancer Initiative. You probably heard him talk about it in his uh, inauguration speech, if you listen. He announced a moonshot on cancer research. But he didn't bother to tell you about his scandal plague history, which raised its ugly head in the 2020 campaign. That organization, the Biden Cancer Initiative, which Biden opened after he left office as vice president under Obama in 2017, it closed just two years later. What happened? Well, it didn't spend any money on a dollar of cancer research. But millions of dollars came through the organization, all donated. And all those millions went to staff salaries. Not one dollar went to cancer research. A report from the Washington Free Beacon said that the Biden Cancer Initiative spent 65% of its total budget of nearly $5 million on staff compensation in two calendar years, 2017 and 2018. Nothing spent on cancer research. But he's doing a moonshot on cancer research, but he's got to have the money to do it, you know. He'll raise it. He'll get the money. 
I promise you. Everybody knows that the energy industry, the carbon fuel energy industry, has been attacked from day one, before day one, by this president, Joe Biden. And Americans that own stock in these companies and Americans that go to the gas pumps to get carbon energy, truckers, trains, all of us are paying the price for the fake climate change issues that is driving this administration to completely alter our energy operations in the United States. Stop the the, uh, carbon fuel stuff, but we don't have anything to replace it with. So what do we do? We buy it from Russia now. But that's a good thing because Joe's got business over there in Russia. Byron Donnell, junior member of the House of Representatives from uh, Florida, he weighed in and he kind of chastised some people that were denigrating the leaders from our energy companies that were there testifying. Here's Representative Donald. First of all, to, to the witnesses, the, the leaders of, of Exxon, Chevron, BP, Shell, I know that the climate activists in Twitter world, which Dave Chappelle says doesn't exist, and he's right because it's just people who have nothing better to do but type on their keyboards, and we do it too here in Congress. But let's be very clear. You need an apology because what I witnessed today um, was just rank intimidation by the chair of this committee. Trying to get you to pledge on what you're going to spend your money on is a gross violation of the First Amendment. And just because we're members of Congress and we got microphones and we pass laws does not mean that we also have the ability to infringe on your ability to what to organize, whether it's API or anybody else, or what you choose to spend your money on. It is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Somebody needs to go call Merrick Garland, tell him to get in here and watch the intimidation that came from this very panel today. Because this is not about defending big oil or defending big anything. It's about defending the ability of people in our country to be free, say what they want, think what they want, spend their money how they choose. And if we're not going to be any better than the Chinese, how do we ever expect to beat them on the world stage when we're cutting our neck when it comes to energy production, while they are burning more coal, they are burning more oil, they're increasing their emissions, and they're not showing up in Scotland. You know why they're not showing up in Scotland? Because they're interested in building an economy. They're interested in becoming the dominant economic player across the globe. They're interested in becoming the dominant military player across the globe. And while we joke around and mess around intimidating you guys who frankly heat our homes, you cool our fridges, you keep our cars going, This is insane. So I'm sorry for you. And I'm sorry for the people in our country who have to witness shenanigans like this and witness circuses like this. That's why they call that one show on HBO, whatever it is, The Circus. Because that's exactly what this is. Now, Representative Cawthorn kind of um, threw the gauntlet down on there and uh, Byron Donald picked it up. And they're both young members of the United States House of Representatives. And they all see the same things, both of them and their padres, the ones that are like-minded with those two guys. This government is not working for the American people. In fact, it's no longer government of and by and for the American people. It's for a class of elites that have seized control of everything and want even more, more power, more ability to tell us what to do and what not to do. Meanwhile, they're doing it by breaking the law 
over and over and over again. This mess that's going on down at our southern border, it not only is out of hand, it's beginning to tear this nation apart. Biden's transportation of those border crossers and illegal aliens across the United States interior, we hear about it, we don't see much about it because these charter flights are happening when it's dark outside and they're not going into major city airports. They'll go into suburban airports and they just bring these illegals there and release them throughout the United States. There's so much wrong with that, but I mean, let's get right down to it. You know what the biggie is? You and I have paid $340 million for them to do that. $340 million. Can it get any worse, folks? (laughs) Can it get any worse? I don't know. I sure hope not. Thank Thank you so much for being here today. We love doing this. We're going to do it again tomorrow morning. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Let's end with a happy-sounding song. See you tomorrow. Sitting there and feeling lonely Had my blue eyes for you only Suddenly you turned around and smiled at me It wasn't my imagination no hesitation when it comes to love and know where I want to be It's a dream Am I dreaming? I've been waiting like this for someone like you Can't believe you are here with me Got the best and I can't 
Sim.